It's time for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi. Everyone has learned lessons in life during their lifetime. Some good, some bad. But from everyone, there has been something learned. And now it's time to share that knowledge. It's called Paying It Forward. Here, these lessons learned are then paid forward to you. With you, Paying It Forward too. Josephine put her professional career on hold after the birth of her first child and turned her attention to being a full-time mother. Well, three kids later, Josephine started her own company, MyMomKnowsBest.com and Glovies, but was dismayed by a lack of information that people would share to help entrepreneurs be successful. That's where Paying It Forward was born. This is Paying It Forward on Triggynet.com. And now, here's your host, Josephine Jirasi. Well, good morning, everyone. It's Josephine here. I have arrived home from my Las Vegas trip. As everybody knows, last week I went to launch my new Glovies product, and I'll have to tell you it was a lot, a lot of fun. I've launched Glovies on Amazon.com, so it's very, very exciting to start getting orders um, via Amazon. So please, if you'd like to check out my new product, you can feel free to go to Amazon.com and you'll get to see my new packaging, which I got rave reviews about. So I'm very, very excited. So all my listeners, you're seeing all the baby steps I'm taking and I'm very, very excited. So everything went well and I'll report back next week and let you know all of the good stuff that's going on here. So this week's um, guest is very interesting. He's got um, a lot of experience as an entrepreneur, so we're going to hear lots of things about all the challenges and achievements he's had as a business owner. He's an international speaker, and he's also coming out with a brand-new book. And um, Michael is going to share with us lots of things. Of course, we're going to wrap up our show with our um, five business tips. But let me just give you a quick, short bio about Michael. So Michael Russer is an international speaker, author, and entrepreneur who has a knack for turning tragedies into blessings. He is a prostate cancer survivor who was rendered clinically impotent as a result of the treatments. Yet it was because of his erectile dysfunction that he discovered levels of intimacy that most normally functioning couples could barely imagine. Helping couples worldwide achieve extraordinary intimacy is his current focus and mission. So with that, let's welcome Michael to Paying It Forward. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Josephine, and I am so glad that uh, you had such a successful uh, this, session there in Las Vegas because I know you and I talked about that. Be just you were just leaving for it when we when we had our last discussion. Yes, it was quite a whirlwind. I have to tell you, Michael, as a mom with three young kids, running my business, and of course my radio show, and writing a book, I've got my hands full. And I arrived um, in Las Vegas completely wiped out and exhausted, and then I had 15 meetings on Saturday. So it was quite a whirlwind, and it was a lot of fun to come up to show buyers my brand-new product because I got to see my old version, 
And I, my new packaging just blew everybody away, and I'm so proud of it, and I'm so excited. So you know as a business owner, there's so many things you have to do in order for the entire – there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle, and every day we're trying to put one piece together, and it's finally coming together. So, Michael, I'm getting excited. <laughs> I can hear that, and congratulations, you know. I, as an entrepreneur, I've been an entrepreneur most of my life, uh, you, you have a vision, you have a dream, and there are no guarantees, as you well know. And we move forward with the faith that somehow <laughs> we're going to put it together right. and, uh, and someone and, may actually and be willing to yeah. buy our stuff. <laughs> It's so funny, Michael. I mean, you're so, so right. And along the way, you know, you have a lot of people pushing you and encouraging you, but then you have the naysayers also. And it's just, it's really, really hard when it's, it's, it has taken me a little longer than I would have liked to have, but I'm juggling so many balls. So I have just convinced myself that when it happens, it happens and it's happening. So I'm happy. That is is awesome. Well, my rule of thumb, and I tell this to all budding entrepreneurs, is after you've planned it out and you think you know how long it's going to take and how much it's going to cost, just multiply everything by three and you'll probably be okay. (laughs) And if you can live with that. You're so uh, right. (laughs) Yeah. The the problem with being an entrepreneur is. You're so right. Yeah, and the problem with being an yeah. entrepreneur, it's, it's, it's really not a problem. It's, it's actually a, what I call a blessing and a curse, is the entrepreneurial vision. We see things that other people don't, and that's the blessing, because we see opportunity, we right. see possibility, and we see the, the, you know, just the potential for so many benefits, for so many people that we can touch. Yet, the curse is, in the beginning... Most other people don't see it, <laughs> and so right. we, have to so spend, funny. <laughs> we have to spend an inordinate amount of time convincing them. And uh, you know, yeah. I, I think I know we're going to talk about uh, mistakes and and uh, and tips and that sort of thing. Well, I'll just start out with one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made as an entrepreneur, and I swear I I, I keep telling myself I will never do this again. But sometimes <laughs> I wonder is it's so easy for us to sell ourselves. I could sell myself anything. You know, I get, I wake up right. on fire and excited, and I know you got to be the same way to juggle what you're juggling. And yeah. uh, so, I mean, you know, my kids are grown up, Josephine, so I can only imagine having three young ones plus doing what you're doing. So I, my hat is goes yeah. off to you, and, and great respect <laughs> and admiration for what you're doing. It's a lot of work and yeah, a lot well, of juggling. But Michael, let's go back a little here for a second. Sure. Let's okay. um, bring my listeners up and let's go way back. I love to start way, way back in childhood. Was there anything as a child you felt you did? Like, did you ever think you were going to become the successful entrepreneur that you are today? Did you do anything as a child? Well, actually, my dad uh, uh, tried to get me to be an entrepreneur with a worm business, but I, I was grossed out by the worms, so that didn't go very far. Uh, <laughs> well, actually, no. I thought I was going to be a um, uh, some kind of world-famous scientist or mathematician, and 
Uh, and and uh, the idea uh, that I would go into business really hadn't entered my mind until I became an adult. And then I, I was an entrepreneur from my uh, early 20s on. And uh, I, I applied a lot of the things I had learned and taught myself. I've always been a self-learner. And uh, I found that school and I just never got along very well. Uh, but I'm always right. in a learning mode. So, I, yeah, I always knew I was going to be different, and, and I, was, I had a different perspective on life and the way things kind of worked than I perceived in other people. But in terms of being a child, did I, did I realize I was going to be an entrepreneur? I, if you had asked me what an entrepreneur was at that time, I wouldn't have known. Now, I know I must have been influenced by my dad because he definitely was uh, an entrepreneur, ran a pretty good-sized business that he built up from nothing. What so did he do, I, Michael? What kind of business? Well, I, actually, I'm originally from upstate New York <clears throat> and in the Rochester area, okay. and he had a, um, a pretty successful regional meatpacking firm called Russer Meats. And uh, in fact, it was uh, eventually sold to... Um, another firm in Buffalo, and then from there it went out to Tyson Foods. And I'm sure a number of your listeners can go have gone into deli markets and seen Russer Meats, and that, that my dad started that. So it's, uh, oh, he, wow. yeah, he, yeah, and he was an innovator. He was always looking for new ways of, of uh, doing things and presenting things and developing things. So I, I'm sure I caught a lot of that from him. And for that, I'm eternally oh, absolutely. grateful. absolutely. It must be. Yeah, I, I just see it with my children also. Being a child of an entrepreneur, it's by osmosis, I think. Yeah. You just yeah. absorb so much and learn so much. So now we're in the early your early 20s, Mike. So tell us, what did you do as an entrepreneur then? How did you start your career? Well, I started out in sales, and which was the best thing I could ever do. I, uh, I just fell into yes. real estate, and I started um, uh, one of. In fact, this is where I uh, really started getting clear about what it takes to be successful. Because I knew I wasn't going to be in real estate sales for long. It really didn't. It, you know, didn't. Uh, real estate never excited me, which is ironic given the rest of my uh, recent career. But uh, which I'll share right. in a minute. Yeah, but uh, I. Um, I knew that the traditional approach to real estate sales was go and build, you know, your farm, go knock on doors and the whole thing that there are people that may or may not be ready. And I said, you know what, I'm not going to be in it this long. I need to make money now. So I'm going to go where the, where the money, where the business is. And, and they're basically saying, we're ready to do something, just not with you. And that was the for sale by owners. Within three months, I became one of the top salespeople in the city uh, simply by wow. specializing by specializing at for sale by owners. And I turned it into a, a machine. I uh, started listing one out of eight. And so that's, uh, you know, that's a lot of money, uh, especially in a place like Santa oh, Barbara. Great. Yeah, yeah, so, so oh, one of the first lessons I learned was specialization. Don't try to be everything to everybody. And that's a big mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs make. And so that specialization really helped and, and uh, and then from there, I, I went into commercial real estate, and I did very well with that. And then I, 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 um, I noticed that I even started a publishing company, a small publishing company, because I, back in the late 70s, there were a <laughs> lot of limited partnerships being formed. 
And I noticed that, my God, all those investors, their names, their addresses, uh, what they invested in, how much money they put in, and for what purpose, was all public record. And I actually hired a programmer. Remember, this is way before the PCs. So we had to use the UCSB, that's uh, the University of Santa Barbara, California, uh, mainframe computer. The directories? For oh, to create a directory well, Mike, of you these know investors. What? We're coming up on a break already. I cannot believe we have our first segment under our belts already. This is so interesting. But everybody, hang in there and join us in just a few more minutes with Mike Russer. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi right after these on Toginet.com. Do holidays and celebrations get you down and leave you feeling frazzled? Then join Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon, 11 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. Sandy will help you discover the secrets to having the celebrations you've always dreamed of while adding fun and meaning to your life. From Valentine's Day to Christmas to special family events, Sandy Fowler will show you how to put the fun and meaning back into those special days by taking a look at what we can do to turn the upcoming holidays into cherished memories and show us how to allow it to intertwine with everyday life. For more on the show, Sandy, and to receive Sandy's Holiday Happiness Booklet, go to HeartfilledHolidays.com. Then get set to discover the secrets to creating happy holidays and happy everydays by joining Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon Eastern Standard Time on Toginet.com. Are you the kind of parent who just wants their kids to live the life of their dreams? Well, grab your kids and join How to Raise a Millionaire Radio with Ann Morgan James and Jack James. It's a lively interview and call-in show, Thursday, 6 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. This dynamic mother and son team are on a mission. They want to empower kids to dream big and go after those dreams with gusto. They want to fill the world with kid entrepreneurs. Are your kids ready for success? Don't miss their fun annex, lively guests, and discussions. For more on Ann and Jack and their show, check out their website, howtoraisemillionaire.com. Then join the conversation of lively interviews and call-ins, and let's give our kids the tools and encouragements they need to build a future they can bank on, no matter what the economy throws their way. It's How to Raise a Millionaire Radio with Ann Morgan James and Jack James, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on toginet.com. Welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine here, and I'm so excited. We have Michael Russer with us as a guest today. And as everybody can see from our first segment, Michael just has such a creative mind, and he is a true entrepreneur. So, Michael, we're giving our listeners, my listeners, um, really, really good background as to um, you being an entrepreneur. And then we're going to lead um, into what you currently do, which is really interesting so i can't wait to get to that so michael 
you are a true entrepreneur. So you went into, you started with sales, which I just wanted to say is so, so important as a business owner. We're, anybody who started out in sales um, has that benefit because as a business owner, we can hand off a lot of stuff to employees, but the sales really should be held close to our hearts. And um, business owners, of course, need to close the sales in order to, you know, bring that business to the next level. So anyway, with that, Michael, let's continue with um, as you what we were talking about right before the break. So you said that you had gotten into commercial real estate, correct? Yes. And then yeah. I went into, uh, I started working with a couple of developers uh, trying to do some syndication and nothing came of that, interestingly enough. But what did come out of it? is I noticed all these limited partnerships were filing these public records with the investors. And then something went bang in my head. I go, oh my God, this is valuable information. And I don't think many people know that this exists or has it hasn't been compiled. So I actually literally started compiling it and I've hired a programmer to run the mainframe at UCSB here in Santa Barbara. And then we literally printed out each book, it weighed about 10 pounds, uh, but represented over $350 million worth of proven investors. Uh, and I just chose one county, that was Santa Clara County in Silicon Valley. And so I literally went uh, door to door uh, selling this book for over $500. Uh, and I, I thought, oh my God, this is going to make me so much money. Well, this, and, and the reason I'm telling this story is, is because, first of all, as entrepreneurs, we see everything as an opportunity. Uh, I can look at a chair and going, oh my God, you know what we can do with this? And <laughs> <laughs> Michael, we're so much alike. It's a curse. I'm convinced it's a curse. I cannot go out with my kids. They're unpacking their lacrosse gear. And I'm looking at them and I'm like, there's got to be a better way to get yeah. all of this equipment in a bag. <laughs> it's crazy. It's a curse. I'm convinced. We can't yes, turn it, it off. It is. And, and there's a lesson here. And it, one, it took me years to learn. And there's really a, a theme here. So uh, to, to make a, a long story very short here, because we, have, we, don't, we only have limited time, I, I only, went, I only yeah. did that for about a year. It was, it was minorly successful because I realized I just wasn't feeling very fulfilled or satisfied. Now, I could have built that into a bigger business without question, but it wasn't feeding me internally. It wasn't giving me a sense of fulfillment. I have to. Uh, and maybe I'm unusual this way, maybe not. But looking at your your show, your profile, I don't think I am, because I think yeah. you and I are very similar in a lot of other ways, Josephine. Just based on what I know about you now, and that is, yeah, I have to. It, I, it has to be more than just making money. There's a lot of ways of making money out there, but if it's just that, then um, I'm not interested. I have I, to have a sense I feel the that same I'm making way. a difference, and I'm I'm feeling fulfilled. And uh, I used to think in terms of, oh, it's got to serve my purpose. Well, I have to tell you, my whole idea of what purpose is has changed radically in the last couple of years. And I'm going to share that, too, yeah. as we get towards the latter segments, because this all fits in. I can save a lot of heartache for folks listening in today, because, you know, yeah. what good is it working your tail off, building up the business, only to think mm -hmm. that, this isn't feeding me other than my bank account. 
And life is short, folks. Trust me, um, we're all yeah. terminal. It's just a matter of when and how we exit this life. And, uh, you know, as a, as a prostate cancer you know, survivor, we're, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I just want to say one thing, and then I want to go back. I want to go right to the fact that you are a cancer survivor. So just two weeks ago, my father-in-law had passed away, and the poor man had a really, he had seven months. He was in the hospital for seven months and never left, and I just feel terrible that he had such a difficult time. And it was just such an eye-opener. Anytime somebody close to us dies, it just makes you open up your eyes and look at your own life. And I have to tell you, Michael, it just made me feel that, you know, I read once that we should all write our own eulogy. And I, it just makes me wonder, after seeing my father-in-law, everything he went through, he had nine children, he was a hard worker. But I, for me personally, I just want somebody to talk about how I changed the world. Is that crazy, Michael? And I... I just want to feel like I left a mark that I was on earth for a purpose. And it's just, it's just strange how I just would not be satisfied unless that happened. Well, I can speak to that, Josephine, and I'm sorry about the passing of your father-in-law. Uh, I, oh, thanks, it does, Michael, it yeah. brings, it brings our, when something like that happens, it brings your sense of mortality pretty much front and center for me. Um, getting prostate cancer a couple of years ago, being diagnosed with it and then having the surgery and, and then the subsequent uh, results of that surgery, I, it, yeah. uh, it brought my sense of mortality way up front and center because four out of five members of my family have died from cancer. So cancer, and the fifth one's not wow. doing so well. Mm -hmm. And so in my family, cancer usually means a death sentence. Uh, and mm -hmm. I'm a very healthy uh, 61 year old. Most people think I'm in my 40s. I have that kind of energy, that kind of youthful spirit, right. uh, and I th thank God every day for it. But the um, the thing is, is that it it in a way it removed from the plate that oh someday. No, it's now. Life is now, and yeah. uh, and and you know you don't want to wait until something. Uh, get becomes life threatening to get to that point about that, and so, yeah, I I, I went through life uh, as an entrepreneur, starting uh, all these different companies and of, of usually increasing success, but never feeling fulfilled, no matter what I did, and I thought it was a function of of the doing. I just wasn't, you know, in in a sense, it was. But I, I've had a lot, of, these last two years, Josephine, have been absolutely transformative. I've gone through more change wow. in, in, the, in, in uh, two years than most people do in a lifetime. And that's brought a lot of perspective. And where and did that transformation, yeah. Michael, where did that transformation start? Number one, when you were diagnosed with cancer, did it come out of nowhere? Were you completely shocked? Well, I know they were looking at my PSA, which is a marker for the for, for the prostate, and because of the, my right. the cancer history in my family, nobody had nobody okay. uh, had prostate cancer, but any kind of cancer they're looking for. My, you know, I, I, so I had yearly right. checkups. They're watching it, and so 
you know, it's like that, that the big C is always in the background. Right. And so it, right. it, I wasn't terribly surprised, but I certainly wasn't thrilled when I got the diagnosis. And uh, interestingly enough, they, uh, they said, well, the biopsy shows it's not very aggressive. And I, you, you, have, you know, give, give yourself six months to think about how you want to, what you want, how you, how you want to treat it. I says, no, take it out now because I know my family's wow. history. And sure enough, when they took it out, they said, it's a good thing we did. It was about ready to breach the margins, which means it was just about ready to metastasize, which then makes it far more deadly. And even then they didn't sure. get it all. And I had to go through radiation and it's still not gone, but it's, it's being controlled. But, uh, the, the thing is, so how has that changed your life, Michael? Tell us. Well, actually the change came before that. That's the irony. I, um, I ended, I ended a 24 year marriage that the last, well, last 11 years of it were pretty much, uh, roommates rather than soulmates. And, um, and I was very loyal to my, you know, still love my wife and, and, uh, kids and all that, but we stayed together for the sake of the kids until my, uh, my son went to cough to college. But when I pulled the trigger, I pulled it fast. And the reason I pulled it fast, uh, is because I felt I was dying inside. And this is before I had the diagnosis before I had any idea that this was going on. So what was really happening? And I, and by the way, I was just, uh, I was, I was uh, finishing up a 17 or 18 year, very successful international speaking career as Mr. Internet. And, uh, I literally owned the registered trademark, Mr. Internet, believe it or not. And uh, oh, wow. so I, sp I spoke internationally on this. Uh, and, uh, I, I uh, was very successful at it, made a lot of money doing it, but I, uh, the, I love speaking because I, there was a way for me to get out and, and connect with people, which was very important. But also because of the, I, I allowed myself to bury myself in my work and that, and in addition to having a, 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 let's just say less than intimate relationship. And I'm not talking just the physical intimacy. I'm talking the emotional intimacy, uh, with, within my marriage, I just to, to, to kind of anesthetize myself from that. I literally threw everything into my work. And all that did was put another, well, let's say a coat of armor around my heart. And though, while I'm a very, as you can tell, I'm a fairly <laughs> open, gregarious guy and pretty right, lighthearted. Right. And, and I was, and I was then too, but there, everybody could sense there was a, you could only get so far with Michael. You could only get to know him just so far. And that's because I was protecting my heart. I was very shut down that way. And so what happened after I pulled the trigger, two months after I pulled the trigger and ended the marriage, I was diagnosed with prostate cancer. But prior to that, I had hired a life coach with the one purpose, help me with life 3.0. That's because I'd already gone through 2.0. Wow. And help That's me with 3.0. And with the primary thing of help me open my heart. Because wow. I will. Never, ever go back. Oh, here we go. We're halfway through our show. But everybody, stay with us. We have Mike Russell with us, and we'll be right back. Thanks, everyone.
We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi right after these on Toginet.com. Are you ready to start rocking that woohoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woohoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boohoo and turn it into woohoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woohoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Second chances. We all deserve them, and we are all worthy of them. Second Chances, with your host, Midge Noble. Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central on TogiNet is like coming home to warm, fresh-baked cookies, a hug from Grandma, or an enthusiastic greeting from your dog. Second Chances, hosted by Midge Noble, a licensed professional counselor, is affirming, warm, genuine, validating, and thought-provoking. Second Chances is a place to be heard. A place to laugh, a place to cry, and a place to be seen. For more on Midge and Second Chances, check out MidgeNobleSecondChances.com. Then be a part of a show that will change how you think, how you feel, and what you do. Give yourself the gift of Second Chances and see where it will take you. So take a deep breath, open your heart, open your mind, and join host Midge Noble for Second Chances. Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on toginet.com. Welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine here, and we have Michael Russell with us. And, Michael, right before break, you had mentioned that you hired a life coach just about two months before. Is I think it was two months before you were diagnosed with the cancer, and you were asking them to help me open my heart. Is that right? Was it two months before, Michael? Yes, it was right at the time that I end, uh, that I ended the marriage. I actually need, I needed right. the help to pull the trigger because it was oh, wow. very, it, it was very very difficult. And uh, but I knew I needed to do it uh, because I was literally dying inside. And that's not a reflection of my ex wife by any means. I take full responsibility for for that. I um, uh, I, I just knew that uh, you know you talked about you know, writing your own eulogy, at that point, it would not have been a pretty one. Despite my financial success and being an international speaker that's highly regarded, author, uh, columnist, you name it, I, it wasn't, I didn't feel like I had made the imprint on this life that I, that I, I needed to. And it's so ironic, me saying that now, because my perception of that is so different now, and I'll get to that here in a second. So I hired a life coach yeah. with the primary purpose of one thing, help me open my heart, which, by the way, is probably one of the scariest things that in today's society for us to do, because 
in our culture, Josephine, and I'm sure you see this all the time, yeah. we're shut mm-hmm. down. We, we, we're, we can be very friendly. We can be open. We can be gregarious. Yet when it comes to being vulnerable, that's when people draw the line. And you can't be, by definition, heart open totally and not and, and uh, uh, not be vulnerable. I have and, goosebumps, Michael. I have goosebumps because I had a guest on my show that was talking about post-traumatic stress, and I ended up actually spending time with her, and I know exactly what you're talking about because she had opened my heart, and it is the most grueling thing. It is the most difficult thing to do. But when it happens, I have to tell you, it changed my life. It yes. really changed yeah. my life. And it's hard. It's really hard. But you've got to be so willing to put yourself, your soul out there to let yes. it happen. So I got goosebumps yes. when you said that yeah. because it's so true. It, yeah, it really is. And I made a decision. I said I would rather die, quite literally, than go back mm-hmm. to being um, uh, shut down like that. And so, uh, and, and so, at the same time, I sold my uh, I sold my uh, my business surrounding Mister Internet, and I said, "All right, I don't know what's next for me. I know it'll probably surround speaking and helping people, but I'm not have no idea what it's about." Um, and, and, uh, I, uh, I, I just know this, that when you're, when you're take, when you approach your business and your life from an open hearted standpoint, the idea of purpose changes. And one of the things that I learned and, you know, the listeners may or may not be able to resonate with this. And I, I certainly honor and respect them no matter what they do mm-hmm. with it, but I'll just share my experience right. and my viewpoint here. Mm-hmm. And that is, my, almost my entire life, I looked for that sense of purpose in doing. You know, what do I do, you know, in terms of, of accomplishing, in terms of affecting or even helping people and changing lives? Is that my purpose? Well, what I realized uh, over this time is that purpose for me, again, this is just for me, is not about doing. Mm-hmm. It's about being. And there's only one authentic way of being, and that's totally open-hearted. Now, does that mean that you're not a good negotiator? Hell no. Does that mean that you can't be good in business? Heck no. You better be good in business or you're going to be being right out on the street. And, and uh, so it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean you're a putz. <laughs> it means right. you allow yourself to be vulnerable and two things happen you're able to receive things and be open to things that otherwise never would have happened for you. And, and again, I'm just speaking for myself. And then the quality of that experience in each moment is so much greater, no matter what you're doing. So the sense of purpose from that standpoint now has translated to it's how am I being as fully open-hearted to how I came into this world as, as possible and how does that manifest itself in the way I help and serve others? Uh, with the idea that I also get paid well for it. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's actually, uh, it's actually a great exchange. And so it's an entirely different approach. And uh, I will never go back 
to to this fear-based, now don't get me wrong, not that I don't have fear. There's many mornings I still wake up because I'm starting a whole new career. I wake up with cold sweat saying, sure. just like you were saying, how the hell am I going to juggle all this? And <laughs> Josephine, un, unlike most entrepreneurs, I actually know how to do most things. And that's a problem too. We'll talk about that. Um, you know, I was right. Mr. Freaking Internet, you know, so I know, I know right. how to do a lot of those things. And, uh, you need to come to my office, Mike. I need you. <laughs> See, that's the problem. <laughs> Everybody keeps telling me that. And, and I, um, uh, so I, uh, you know, I, I, that was a fundamental shift in my life. So I could write my eulogy right now. And, and what would it say, Mike? It would say, here's somebody that had the courage to open his heart. And, Aww. In so doing, he impacted everybody he met in a way that couldn't have happened otherwise. And wow. the doing becomes becomes secondary. And um, so I, yeah, I can write that eulogy right now. And. Um, uh, and I feel perfectly comfortable about that. Now, how is this going to manifest in terms of business success? Well, as an entrepreneur with many, many years of, of um, skill building and successes under my belt, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm building a new, a new career around this, and uh, there's no guarantees here. And, uh, and I do wake up some mornings in a cold sweat going, how am I going to pull this off? Right. And, but then I, right. remind, you know, I remind myself that no matter what, I am going to... I'm not going to back off from uh, doing it with a, with a totally open heart. And yeah. So, so tell me uh, about Hardly Broken. Let's talk about the book. Yeah. So what really yeah. made you have the courage to sit down and tell your story? Well, uh, first of all, let's just bring them up to the speed on the story. Um, as a result yeah. of going through a lot of, you know, these, these all these treatments, literally having my prostate removed and then, uh, and then having to do subsequent uh, pretty intensive radiation, I was rendered, uh, and I, what I'm about to share, uh, if any men are listening, they're going to cringe when they hear this. And, uh, some men think I'm actually contagious, and I'm not, guys, so don't worry about it. Right. Uh, <laughs> I was rendered it's crazy. Uh, completely yeah. and clinically impotent, and so that not even the usual drugs work. And so uh, how's this for irony, Josephine? Two months after I'm legally able to actually have, legally and morally actually able to have a relationship with another woman. And I, I, never, I never went out on my wife. I just threw myself into my business. So I was celibate for 11 years. And two months after wow. I, I'm able to do this, I'm diagnosed with prostate cancer and then I'm rendered fully impotent. And I'm looking up at the sky saying, you have got to be kidding me. Am I ever going to <laughs> oh feel that again? And you've got to be kidding me. I mean, why? Right. Come on. And so, you right. know, with, with, with my particular cancer, I went through the four stages of, of uh, loss twice. One was the cancer. And the four stages are this, you know, disbelief, uh, uh, anger, depression, and finally acceptance. 
And uh, and then with the with the impotence, I'm going, what? The disbelief was particularly uh, poignant. <laughs> People would say, right, I can imagine. Shaking my fist up in the sky, why me? And, uh, <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> And, uh, right. and then I, you know, I got angry and I got a little depressed about it. But then I assumed came to the point of acceptance. And and this is a really important point because you're going to run into these kinds of you know challenges and losses throughout your career and throughout your life. And I know Josephine, you certainly have. And it's extremely important to keep moving through those four stages to get to the point of acceptance. Because once you get to the point of acceptance, which simply means it doesn't mean you give up, it's quite the opposite. It means you're no longer fighting it. You're accepting what is, which then opens up a whole universe to other possibilities. And that's what happened for me. So here's this guy, i.e. me, now fully impotent Mm -hmm. and uh, hasn't had sex in 12 years now. And I finally meet somebody, which, by the way, is another whole story on how my, I met my uh, current life partner. She is just phenomenal um, and also an entrepreneur. Uh, but anyway, uh, it, it, you know, there's no such thing as a coincidences. But, boy, there was a heck of a bunch of them on this one. Well, I after we became friends first and then it became, looked like we were going to become more than just friends and. I remember that morning I sat down with her and I said, uh, you know, this ain't happening. I'm pointing down to my crotch. Uh, and she, I told her why. <laughs> to be willing to explore other ways of being intimate. And to her credit, she said, of course. And I know we're about ready to go to break here, so I'll save the rest for after that. But uh, let's just say what came out of that was so extraordinary Let's just let me let me let me just tease the listeners with this. And this is why the book was written out of that out of that discovery, mutual discovery between her and I and being open to what's possible. We experience levels of physical and emotional intimacy that most normally functioning couples can't even begin to imagine. And that gave me insight as to why most couples don't have the, uh, this kind of intimacy. I mean, here, the irony of this was not lost on me. Uh, and here we are. You, you have us hanging here, Mike. All right, we'll be back shortly, everybody. Hang in there. with We have Mike Russell with us today. Right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi right after these on Toginet.com. Familia, faith, identity, tradition. Latina life is never boring, but it can be muy dramatica. So, how do you coexist between the old school ways of la abuela and the new school life you're creating for yourself? Without losing your faith, familia, identity, or tradiciones? Welcome to Living Latina with Francesca Escoto, where culture curls and curves collide in one spicy cross-cultural conversation that will leave you begging for mas. Francesca tackles all the important issues, from politics to family values, to religion to, you 
guessed it, relationships and men. As chief everything officer at the Wow Factor, Francesca is passionate about showing women of all cultures, ages and lifestyles how to rock what they've got with style, sass and smarts. Be sure to join her every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time for Living Latina only on the Woohoo Radio Network. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on toginet.com. Well, welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine here, and we're on our last segment of Paying It Forward. And, Michael, I just want to give you a chance to let my listeners know how they can get more information, you know, about you, if they have any questions, how they can contact you. And, of course, um, on the TogiNet website, I put your um, website so everybody can download it and get information about your book also. So the floor is yours, Michael. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, the, the best way would be to go ahead. And the book is going to come out in 2014. It's called Hardly Broken, One Man's Journey to Extraordinary Intimacy in the Face of Full Impotence. And it's going to come out in 2014. So if they pre-registered, go to hardlybroken.com. And those that pre-register for it, they don't have to put a credit card in or anything. It just means they're showing an interest in, in getting it when it comes out. They're going to get uh, weekly uh, uh, intimacy uh, reminders and tips from me, and, uh, and which are gender-specific. And uh, they will also get a, a discount on the book when it comes out. And they'll also have access to me live on a monthly basis until the book comes out using via webinar. So there's a lot of benefits there. And, um, but I, I, I just wanted to say that, uh, you know, the irony is, is that, okay, so... My girl, you know, my my life partner and I developed these these came up with, came up with ways of becoming so incredibly intimate, and without getting too uh, explicit, let's just say that our average lovemaking session lasts two to four hours uh, on average. In wow. fact, there's and we wow. have more en- we have more energy afterwards than we do before, and okay, I'm gonna Josephine, you're an entrepreneur, you you drive forward. I am too. I'm just going to say this, and I hope it doesn't embarrass you or, or them. But my partner, who is postmenopausal, um, uh, and is, this has never happened to her before, but the minimum number of times that she climaxes is five, and she's done as many as nine to thirteen times in one session. So wow. This, yeah, so exactly. every woman out there needs to get your book. Oh well, and, and and the men too, because this is now this is where I was thinking about this during the break. I'm thinking, you know what? I actually went through the entrepreneurial process to 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 get to my to get to the point where I'm at now. So I looked at this challenge, and then we came up with a solution that that just happened because largely because I was hard open, and because if I wasn't, there's was no way I'd even be with this woman. And, or I should say, there's no way she would be with me. <laughs> and right. we, we, I, I started thinking, why is this possible? Well, 
here's my first thought was, oh, of course, my ED slowed me down as a man and caused me to be much more, uh, uh, let's just say, in a tune with the, with the standard f- female sexual response profile. Men and women are very different that way. And so I started thinking, oh, okay, well, men just don't get women. I get women now because I don't have the same urge or capability that men have. And when a man gets hard, he's got to like, hey, he's looking at this. Hey, look at this. We got to use this and use it now. And that does not work well for prolonged and deep intimacy. It's great for making babies, but that's about it. And so I, I realized that my ED was actually was a gift that it caused me to slow down substantially and be present for, for my, uh, for my uh, mate. And she, <laughs> boy, did that make a difference. And, but then I also realized, well, wait a minute, it's not just men, it's men and women. And so the, the realization that I've come up with is that the, the typical uh, uh, biological and cultural imprinting that we have in today's society for both men and women are geared towards propagations. Uh, and, uh, and, and that's where intercourse is just fine. I mean, that's perfect for that. That's what it was built for. But it gets in the way of what our hearts actually yearn for, which is deep connection in the three dimensions of intimacy, which is emotional, physical, and spiritual. And so what our bodies and our culture tells us is appropriate and, and uh, important actually gets in the way of this. And what happened was my ED short-circuited that imprint. So in a way, it was a gift. And so here I see this solution, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, this, is, this information is so powerful. If people only knew what was possible, and, and I literally put together a six-week program almost overnight wow. saying, here's a, here's a way starting with emotional intimacy, then going into what, you know, and, and, and the whole thing. And, 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 uh, and we're not talking a sex manual here. We're talking about intimacy in this, on all dimensions. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, this was a perfect case of where, again, because of my open heart, I was, I was given quote unquote, the gift of my disaster of being impotent after being celibate for 12 years. Wow. <laughs> wow. But I have to tell you, Michael, something like your book affects the entire family. It, yes, it does. If the, if the parents are open and can achieve that intimacy that you're talking about, it, I think it's a perfect you know, example for the children that they can see that mommy and daddy really love each other and it shows them how two people can be intimate so that when they grow up and have relationships of their own, that they can strive to have that intimate relationship as well. So I think your book is going to be a huge success. Thank you. And you couldn't, I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, I kept telling my wife, when you know, eleven after about halfway into our marriage, I said, "Don't think that just because we don't fight and we're cordial to each other and nice and you know every now and then hug each other, don't think that our kids aren't sensing at some level the lack of intimacy because they are. I know they are, and sure enough, um, 
they they did in a big way. And so actually, if I were to do it over again, I would I would have ended the marriage 11 years ago because what effectively what we taught them now, they're unlearning it now. Thank God. But what we taught them was uh, how not to be intimate and how not to be vulnerable, how not to to uh, share with each other and uh, and really express and receive love. So you nailed it. Uh, it is so, so important, so important. So it's, it's, you know, here's a, here's an example of, of taking tragedy and being open. Once you get to the point of acceptance, go through your four stages as quickly as you can and fully complete each stage. I'm not saying skip over anything, fully complete each stage. Uh, but because entrepreneurs tend to be people of action and tend to be rather optimistic, they usually can get through those four stages pretty quickly. Get to the point of acceptance and then be open to whatever presents itself because chances are the universe is conspiring to turn that tragedy into something extraordinary that can help everybody. I think this is great. Well, Michael, I'm so glad you shared all of this with us about your book. We just have about five minutes left to our show, and I know we always wrap up paying it forward yes. with the five, five business, business tips. tips. And I am ready. <laughs> I am ready. Okay. <laughs> and I so, know they're really good ones because I can see them here. So, all right, Michael, let's okay. go with tip number one. Tip number one, look, look for the, the bigger, bigger opportunity, opportunity right? within okay, any ahead. challenge or disaster. And I think we kind of covered that. So if it's a challenge or disaster, get to the point, go through your four stages quickly of loss yeah. Yeah, and then get to the point of acceptance and then be open. Um, second one, I, I also, uh, just a quick uh, background, I also wrote the first book on virtual outsourcing. Uh, and that's why I can do so much with so little. And uh, I literally have teams of people around the world helping me for a fraction of what it normally would cost. So you outsource, outsource, outsource. Be the visionary, not the doer. Um, and uh, a great. big mistake. I love that, Michael. That's... Is, yes. Yeah. So use Elance, use Guru. Get good at writing specifications for work to get done and then outsource it for a fraction of what it would normally cost and far better than what you could do by yourself. Next one, and this one I learned from day one, you specialize and then own that specialty. You're going to make more money uh, by focusing on less, uh, meaning uh, on a narrower niche than trying to be everything to everybody. Uh, and uh, because people want the expert, people want to know, people want to be with the person who really, that's what they do. Then you want to become a great communicator to totally stand out. And, uh, you know, my, my, my life mate is a, uh, she's a, a naturalized citizen from uh, a very poor area of Paraguay and Brazil. And here's this single woman mm -hmm. who on her own grit is now, she speaks four languages and she taught herself English is came to this country living in one of the most expensive places uh, in the, on the, on the planet. And, uh, and, and made it because she learned how to communicate. She is now, she was one of the TEDx, she was the TEDx organizer for San Luis Obispo, California. She is now the president, two times running, of her local Toastmasters. And so she wow. taught herself how to become a communicator. 
And if, if any entrepreneurs are listening, if you're not already uh, learned how to become a great speaker, run, don't walk to your local Toastmasters and just dive into it. That's how I actually became a, uh, an international speaker uh, was I started with Toastmasters and you really develop those skills and, and uh, then you're going to stand out like nothing. Okay. And then finally, okay. work to live, not live to work. And uh, there was a time when I did quite the opposite. And I can tell you this, it never, ever is fulfilling. And you'll always have trouble uh, writing that eulogy because you never think like you did enough. And, but once you realize that it's about being present now, right now, being vulnerable, being totally hard open, you'll be able to write that eulogy. You'll be able to write it today. And it's a choice. And it's a choice that everybody can make, Josephine. And it's not an easy choice. But for me, it was literally the choice between life and death uh, in terms of feeling alive or feeling so shut down that I wish I was dead. Wow. I can't tell you how much. I am sure a lot of my listeners out there got a lot out of this conversation today, this interview. I think you did an amazing job, Michael. I Hats off to you for having the courage to really, you know, some people I'm sure can fall apart when they get a... Um, a diagnosis as cancer, but you surely did not do that. You know, you picked yourself up. Not only did you do that for yourself, but by you taking the time to write this book, you know, you're helping so many people. So thank you for being a guest on Paying It Forward. And Michael, best of luck with your book. Thank you very much, Joseph. Thanks. See you next week, everyone. Have a great day. Thank you for being a part of Paying It Forward with Josephine Tarasi on Togginet.com. This show is dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful. Each week we'll be discussing accomplishments, lessons,